Welcome to Your Best You Today, the online radio show that uncovers the hidden truths and dispels the myths about food, nutrition, and exercise for anyone of any age. Every day you make dozens of decisions that will either have a positive or negative impact on your health. Join naturopathic doctor Kevin Jackson along with Rob Heppel to learn how you can start making your best you today. Welcome to the Your Best You Today show. I'm your host, Rob Heppel, and I'm joined with health expert, Dr. Kevin Jackson. Dr. Kevin is a naturopathic doctor who has been helping people find natural solutions to their health issues for over 25 years. With the Your Best You Today online radio show, we're going to dive into the common health issues and explore natural solutions to them. Welcome back to the show, Dr. Kevin. Hey, Rob. So, hey, last time we had a great episode. We were talking about the effects of sugar and, uh, you know, that uh, sweet little uh, tablespoon of, of white granular stuff that tastes so good uh, really can wreak havoc on, on our body, as you, uh, uh, as you talked about. Maybe before we dive in a little bit deeper on sugar, just give us a little bit of a recap of uh, what we talked about. Yeah, last time we talked a little bit about the effects of insulin, insulin uh, as a result of sugar intake. Sugar increases our insulin levels, and insulin has some really negative effects on health. Uh, and the one thing we, we touched on last time is that insulin tells our body to store fat. It's more important uh, in fat storage than any other single factor in our body. Um, and so when we're ingesting large amounts of sugar for prolonged periods of time, we're increasing our, increasing our insulin levels. And if that insulin's there um, in high quantities, then we're constantly in storage mode. And if we're constantly in storage mode, it's pretty hard to lose weight when your body's storing fat constantly. So, you know, one thing we didn't talk about, I mean, we talked, we touched on it last time. You know, we talked about how fruit juice is really unhealthy thing to ingest, uh, contrary to popular belief. Um, there's a big, uh, the big five um, things that we ingest uh, that contain sugar. Number one, by far and away, is soft drinks. That accounts for 33% of our sugar intake. Um, number two on the list uh, accounting for about 16% of our sugar intake is candy, uh, you know, chocolates, that kind of thing. Um, number three, accounting for 13% of our sugar intake, uh, cakes, cookies, and pies. Uh, number four, at around 10%, is fruit drinks. Uh, and number five, dairy desserts and milk. So yeah, believe it or not, milk contains lactose, which is a, a sugar, uh, a disaccharide, and it's a uh, very unhealthy. So contrary to popular belief, again, uh, milk is not something you want to put into your body on a regular basis. We're going to be talking about that in, a, in an episode down the line. Uh, but today we want to really kind of concentrate on the effects of sugar on insulin. And, you know, again, it, it affects our body, tells our body to store fat, but what else does it do? And insulin has a number of negative effects on human health. Um, the first thing is that there's an indirect effect. When insulin's elevated, um, inflammation is promoted in the body. So, you know, if, if you have any disease that ends in itis, you know, bursitis, arthritis, tendonitis, it means inflammation of the tendon, the bursa, the joint. And insulin promotes the inflammatory a number of inflammatory pathways or cascades. And so what that means is if we have 
a lot of sugar in our body or we're ingesting a lot of sugar, which is causing our insulin to go up. It's therefore promoting in inflammation in the body uh, in a number of ways. And, and, and for some people, it manifests much more than other people. So not everybody is going to see that effect. But commonly what I see in people who ingest a lot of sugar is by the time they hit 50, 60 years of age, they're much more prone to osteoarthritis. And osteoarthritis, which is considered by the medical profession or conventional medical profession to be a wear and tear disease of old age, um, is really very treatable. And in fact, you know, if somebody comes into my office and they've, they've had osteoarthritis for only a couple years or less, in most cases we can get rid of that. And not by taking drugs to kill the pain, by actually treating the cause of the problem. And often that cause is sugar or one of the sugar metabolites or, or you know, people are ingesting sugars in some form, often hidden in large quantities. So if we can get that sugar out of their diet, often the inflammation goes down and you see a resolution or a diminishment uh, in the problem, which is often um, uh, driven by this insulin-sugar combination. So if, if someone, um, you said for, for a short period of time, so you know, if someone's got arthritis and they've had it even for 10 years, this is, they still have an opportunity to um, get this out of their, you know, if they change their diet, their joints are going to be able to work a bit better. And or Absolutely, Robin. You know, I think the, you know, I have a number of patients who are on the waiting list for hip or knee replacements. And by making dietary changes, and it's not just sugar that does this, it's not just insulin. There are many things in our diet that promote can promote inflammation. Uh, but a number of these people who were, you know, waiting to have these body parts replaced uh, took themselves off the list because they didn't need it anymore. Because we we're able to get the inflammation in their body down because a lot of the inflammation that we that I see in chronic inflammatory conditions is driven by what we're putting into our body. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's a huge part of this. And so, so it, it, I just can't emphasize enough how important uh, it is to get the sugar out of your body and watch what the watch what the the effect is, because you know what I say to people is this: get all the sugar out of your diet, and the worst thing that's going to happen to you is you're going to be healthier. Uh, that's the worst <laughs> thing. You're not going to feel so good maybe in the first week that you do this because it's like a hangover. It's like a detox effect almost. And so, you know, people often. Uh, tell me that, wow, I've never felt worse than I did for those first three days when I took sugar out of my diet, which speaks volumes because it tells you how severely addicted the person is and how their body is so adapted to having that sugar there all the time that when it's gone, it goes into shock almost. So, so that's one, that's, an, that's another important factor is inflammation, insulin, sugar combination. We've talked about the fat deposition and the and storing fat driven by insulin and sugar. The third thing that's important with regard specifically to insulin um, is that insulin um, blocks magnesium from entering smooth muscle cells, and and that's a you know that's kind of a, a mouthful. But what that means is there's this special type of muscle in our body called smooth muscle, and smooth muscle wraps around arteries and it's involved in organ systems. Um, and when you block magnesium from entering that smooth muscle, the muscle contracts. So you can picture this. If all your arteries in your body are surrounded by this type of smooth muscle and you 
stop or block magnesium from getting into that muscle cell, and as a result, the muscle has to constrict or contract, then all our blood vessels get smaller in diameter. So what happens? Your blood pressure goes up. So, you know, about a third of all North Americans over the age of 30 have high blood pressure or what's considered to be elevated or hypertension. By changing and getting rid of sugar from your diet, it has a profound effect in lowering blood pressure by relaxing that smooth muscle and allowing the blood vessels to dilate. Even more importantly than reducing hypertension, if your blood vessels are constricted all the time, it increases your risk of stroke and heart attack. Why? Because if you have plaque buildup in your arteries, like most people do, and you make your arteries smaller in diameter, now there's a greater chance that you're going to get an occlusion or blockage in those arteries. And by keeping the sugar and therefore the insulin out of the picture, you now allow those arteries to get bigger in diameter and actually reduce your risk of stroke and heart attack. Wow. So not only you know what we've covered already is that it affects you know your fat storage. Now we're getting into how it uh, um, you know affects you know other parts of your your joints, and now like even your your circulatory system, and preventing high blood pressure. So I wasn't even thinking you know, when we when you said well we got to talk about sugar, I was saying okay this is great you know because we can maybe not gain as much weight, but you know we you've already like we've had the one step and now we've like three steps into it. Is there any other negative effects that sugar has on our our overall body? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, um, again, sticking with the sugar insulin connection, because again, you know, if you're eating a lot of sugar over prolonged periods of time, your insulin goes up. Um, insulin, ten, if your insulin's high for prolonged periods of time, it tends to elevate your cholesterol levels and especially the LDL cholesterol, the bad cholesterol in your body. And, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of controversy about cholesterol, and we're going to talk about cholesterol at another, in another episode. But the bad cholesterol, the LDL, that's the stuff you don't want a lot of in your body. And, uh, and when your insulin's elevated, it tends to push cholesterol levels up. It, uh, the um, LDL cholesterol levels up. So that's that's not a good thing. And, and, you know, that's something we want to try and avoid. So, again, by keeping the sugar out, you'll often lower your bad cholesterol and your triglycerides, which is another uh, negative indicator, if it's, that is, if it's elevated, for total health. So, uh, you know, that's a, that's, a, that's a really positive thing when you're getting all that blood work done uh, or if you're on a statin drug like, so many people in North America, North America are, and uh, we'll be talking about statin drugs in another episode as well, uh, because I don't believe anybody should be on statin drugs. Um, but you know, it, it's it's important, I think, um, to look at cholesterol vis-a-vis sugar and insulin, and that almost never is the case. We're told to avoid eggs and uh, saturated fats, which play very little role in our cholesterol levels. So what about, um, you know, what about other health, health issues? Like what, I, what I'd like to do is I, like, you know, what are the bad things that it'll do? And then, so let's, we'll go a little bit deeper there and then let's flip it over. And if like, if we start cutting this out, how, you know, and after getting through the you know first two or three days that are tough, mm-hmm. what, what could we expect? So what, what else, what else is sugar um, slash, the increase of insulin doing to us when we're sneaking a chocolate bar and 
uh, you know, whether it's uh, Easter time or Halloween or, um, you know, any times that we think that we can grab a, a little sweet or what have you. Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and that's so often the case is, you know, as we, we already mentioned that, you know, it, it's it's very commonplace for people just to, to incorporate sugar into their diet and you don't think anything about it. You know, you have that sweet after a meal or, you know, the snack between meals often has something sweet in it and it adds up to this ongoing effect on elevated insulin. Um, so the other big player, and, and this is pr- for a lot of people, this is the biggest player. Um, you know, I mean, obviously the, the weight gain and the fat storage is huge for many people, but the, the, the big thing for a lot of people is that when insulin is elevated for prolonged periods of time, um, and this is a little confusing because actually when you first elevate insulin or if you elevate insulin earlier on in life, it actually increases your serotonin levels, which is this neurotransmitter in the brain. And when you increase it, you actually feel better. But with prolonged exposure to insulin, you know, 40 years down the road, it starts to suppress your serotonin. And so, and this is something I see, it is so commonplace. Uh, you know, so many people are on antidepressant medications because their serotonin levels are low. So when serotonin is low, and again, it's suppressed by elevated insulin for prolonged periods of time. Um, when your serotonin is low, it affects your sleep potentially. It can cause anxiety and depression. It can cause obsessive compulsive thoughts and behaviors, negative thinking, repetitive thoughts, addictive type behavior, low energy, irritability, brain fog, craving carbohydrates, and increased appetite. So the strange thing about this is, when your serotonin is low, it's actually telling your body to eat more of those carbohydrates and sweets. So you eat them, your blood sugar goes up, your insulin goes up, your serotonin goes down, and you crave them more. All the while potentially feeling more depressed, anxious, sleep deprived, and obsessive and compulsive, and all the other things I mentioned, brain fog, etc. So it can be it can be a very difficult, vicious cycle to pull a person to pull yourself out of when you don't really know what's causing it. So inevitably, people, if their major symptom from this particular situation is depression, they're on antidepressant medications. And antidepressant medications, I think, are the number three prescribed drug in North America right now. So there's a lot of people on these medications, and many of them are very difficult to get off. So, you know, and a lot of what I do in my practice is helping people get off these medications, get their serotonin back to normal naturally so that they're not relying on an SSRI drug, a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor, to increase their serotonin artificially. So, you know, this is these these are probably the five most important things about um, the, the negative implications of elevated insulin on our health, and they are far-reaching. Just a couple of other things, Rob, that I want to mention about sugar without even looking specifically at insulin is that sugar is linked to cancer growth, uh, the growth of tumor cells. Virtually all tumor cells in the human body thrive on sugar. And so, you know, I treat a lot of people with cancer, different types of cancers. One of the very first things I tell every single one of them is to get their sugar to as close to zero as possible every day. You know, there's a there's an interesting um, analogy to this, and that is uh, there's a 
a test that's done specifically for cancer, and it's called a PET scan. And this PET scan, what it does is it puts a, um, an ingredient into your bloodstream. Um, that ingredient goes directly to the tumor cells in your body, and on the X-ray, it lights up uh, like a Christmas tree. So all these little areas or major areas of tumor cell growth in the body will actually glow or show as hot spots on the radiograph. And interestingly enough, the substance that they use um, to, to send into the bloodstream to, uh, that they tie the, the dye to um, is sugar. So, so, so they're using sugar to get to the cancer. And the reason why the sugar gets to the cancer is the cancer wants sugar. Absolutely. In a nutshell, you know, without getting into the really complicated part of this, um, absolutely, that's what it boils down to. And so as a result, I mean, that is probably the clearest indicator that sugar um, should never be ingested by any person who's trying to recover from any form of cancer. Um, the other thing that's, that ties into this to some extent is that sugar is an immune suppressant. So it takes down our immune system. It's, it shuts down or reduces the efficacy of our immune system. Um, when you look at um, vitamin C, our immune system, uh, this is, this is uh, one of the very important fuels in the tank of our immune system. Uh, our immune system runs on vitamin C, if you will. I mean, there are many things that are important to the immune system, but vitamin C is a very important part of uh, specific parts of the immune system. And um, sugar and vitamin C are actually very close chemically. And so the immune system can't really distinguish effectively between vitamin C and sugar, glucose. And in fact, we're only one of, I think, three animals on the planet that don't make our own vitamin C. We need it from the outside. Um, and most animals make their vitamin C from glucose. So they're very close chemically. So the immune system can't distinguish between glucose and vitamin C. So if you show, shove a bunch of glucose, sugar, into your bloodstream, your immune system gobbles it up, but it doesn't have everything necessary for that immune system to function optimally, so it actually can't function optimally. As a result, your immune system underfunctions because it can't distinguish between the vitamin C and the glucose. So net effect, sugar, suppresses our immune system. And what I often see with patients is that people who have high sugar uh, diets, they're frequently ill. They're more prone to colds and flus. Now, that isn't always the case, but I often see that. And I'll see that in kids especially, um, where their immune system's already, it's trying to develop. It's trying to um, become um, more powerful as time goes on and, and uh, more intelligent, really, is what it comes down to. But it, if it's suppressed by sugar all the time, those kids are going to be much more susceptible to the effects of bugs that are going around. So... You know, I, I, to kind of wrap that, that up is to say, you know, sugar has so many deleterious effects on our health. And I mean, th we've just sort of touched on the, the highlights of, of uh, the negative implications of sugar. Really, 
Well, people say, well, you know, it, it tastes good. It, you know, it's got to have something good that it does for us. The answer is, aside from taste, there's no, there's nothing positive you can say about sugar. You know, a lot of people say, well, you have to have sugar for energy, don't you? Absolutely not. You never, ever have to put sugar in any form. And again, sort of recapping what we said before, you know, that's brown sugar, molasses, maple syrup, honey, agave syrup, white sugar. It doesn't matter. It's all the same thing, basically. Uh, you know, a lot of people fool themselves into believing, well, I'm using agave syrup. It's supposed to be actually quite good for us. Uh, it's absolutely not good for us um, because it has this same effect on insulin and the, the insulin in prolonged periods of time, as I've said, has all these other implications in our health and all negative. And even for diabetics, you know, a, a type 1 diabetic has to inject themselves or, or they'll have an insulin pump and they need to have insulin on a regular basis. But what I help type 1 diabetics do is to minimize the amount of insulin that they have to use every day by reducing the foods that provoke insulin the, the, the use, the, the necessity for insulin. So um, insulin is in, the, in that situation is, it saves lives. But we still have to get these people who are type 1 diabetics to minimize that insulin they're using every day. And they'll be so much healthier as a result. And I have helped many, many patients um, you know, with their health. Um, and, and this is something I you know, often see is that type uh, 1 diabetics and type 2 diabetics tend to have issues around obesity uh, as they get a little older. And if we can get that insulin down, there's a better chance they're going to be able to lose that weight uh, and they're going to be much healthier as a result. So if we kind of flip this onto the other side then, so if we reduce our sugar, we're going to gain less fat or, or we're going to create less fat. Mm -hmm. We're going to, our joints are going to work better. Cardiovascular. I, I would say, you know, we're going to have less inflammation in our body. So for some okay. people that manifests as, as a joint okay. issue. For other people that could be chronic bladder infections. I mean, it, it, anything that involves inflammation, basically. You're right. Yeah. Okay. Then we, we, we also won't be uh, strangling our cardiovascular system as much. Exactly. We will, um, from our uh, serotonin levels, we're, we're going to be happier, less irritable, less stressed. Uh, sleep better. Um, if Absolutely. we're if we're fighting cancer, uh, we're going to starve cancer from what it's you know one of the things it's looking for, uh, as you explained in that uh, mm -hmm. the reason why they use that test. Yeah. And then and just from our immune system, we're not going to be suppressing our immune system, uh, so we should be healthier as we go th through flu season or or, or what have you. Absolutely, Rob. I mean, you know, the, I guess the the final crowning glory to all that is that if your immune system is functioning optimally all the time or optimally more often, then there's less chance that you are going to potentially come down with things like cancer. You know, cancer, um, obviously, that's a very complicated um, uh, rationale behind how cancer actually starts in the human body. But our immune system plays a role in that. And if our immune system is functioning optimally, there's less chance that we'll end up with cancer, which, uh, you know, is fast becoming um, the number one killer in North America. It's currently not, but it is it is uh, it will exceed uh, heart disease or cardiovascular disease as the number one killer, certainly in this century. So. 
you know, I think it's, 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 there are so many great reasons to stop or to re- dramatically reduce sugar in our diets. Uh, and we've touched on a few of those today. But, you know, if you're looking to act preventively, um, and because cancer is such a big problem, and I'm, I'm sure that every one of our listeners knows somebody who either has cancer or has died from cancer, um, you know, we need to do everything we can to try to prevent this nasty disease. And getting sugar out of our diets is a, certainly a big step in the right direction. So to to leave the folks, and now that we've um, you know really laid it out for them over the last couple episodes of how to maybe um, you know why they should reduce their intake or eliminate their intake to the best of their ability of, of sugar, um, what are some of the strategies like? Because you know I know what it's like, and those you know three or four days are like hell, and uh, you know, the three or four days where you stop, where you, you stop. Yeah. If you go mm-hmm. cold Turkey, um, is there some things that like, you know, from, from, from what I understand, you know, to, um, to get rid of an old habit, it's, it's better not to just, uh, you know, cut it out, but to replace it with a good habit. Um, or are there, you know, some things like some, alternatives or maybe should before they do this that they should get some stevia in the house and maybe even start to experiment using that in if they're still you know if they have that sweet tooth that needs to be uh, uh you know catered to over over a period of time or um you know any strategies just because what'll happen and you know i i've seen it with myself and with mm-hmm. other family members they'll they'll get into day two and then they'll lose it and then we're back to square one again. No, it's true. I mean, you know, uh, sugar can have a, a, a very powerful hold on us if we've ingested it for, for prolonged periods of time. Um, you know, the, I think the important thing to know is that if you get it out of your diet completely, within three to five days, you're starting to feel noticeably better. And that feeling that way almost has a built-in motivation to continue along the path. But I think it's important that the people who are listening know that they may experience some discomfort, uh, headaches, lethargy, uh, sometimes gastrointestinal symptoms, uh, even joint pain, muscle pain, these kind of things, um, uh, depression, even anxiety, in a period of time where you've cut sugar completely out of your diet. Um, And Actually experiencing those things is a good indicator that you're doing the right thing. Um, because if it what if nothing's happening, if you're seeing no changes at all, uh, you may not see much of a, of a change in your total health. But for most people, you're going to experience something like that, and it's actually a great thing. And I think if you embrace it, if you know it's coming, um, and sort of prepare for that, I think that's half the battle. Now, I agree with you. Using stevia or, you know, stevia has a bit of an aftertaste. And so some people, it takes them a while to adapt to it. So maybe using stevia for a while, uh, sort of building up to the use of it would be a great way of sort of switching over from sugar to stevia. Uh, that's, a, that's another good strategy. Um, you know, I think also uh, people can use fruit as a substitute for sugar in a lot of cases just to get them off, especially that first five, three to five days. So rather than having, you know, a piece of cake um, and some cookies for dessert, you have some fruit, you know, have some fresh fruit, fruit cocktail, baked apple with some cinnamon on it. You know, it's a much better option than having the 
the refined sugar built into some processed food that's inevitably going to, you know, have a negative impact on your health. So the, the fruit's a great option and it's another way of sort of um, tiding one over until they actually can make it through that first three to five days. Excellent. Well, I think this has given everyone a, a good, uh, uh, you know, some great steps to uh, to start to get sugar out of their system. And uh, uh, hopefully if you do this now, by the next time you listen to our next episode, you'll have gotten through that tough point and you'll be experiencing the benefits of a sugar-free life. On behalf of Dr. Kevin Jackson, uh, this is Rob Heppel. Thanks for listening to the Your Best You Today online radio show. And we'll be back soon with another episode where we will help you look at your health in a more natural light. This has been another episode of Your Best You Today with Dr. Kevin Jackson and Rob Heppel, where they tackle nutritional topics so that you can become your best you today. To ask a question or leave a comment, visit the website at www.yourbestyoutoday.com. Make sure that you never miss another episode by subscribing to this podcast for free on iTunes. Thank you.